Welcome to season two of Sorting Pen, the California Cattlemen's podcast. Every day, the California Cattlemen's Association is sorting through the issues impacting California's ranching families and producers. To communicate those issues, discuss solutions, and keep ranchers current on the hot topics, CCA leadership developed this podcast. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sorting Pen. Thanks for tuning in with us. I hope everyone survived the heat wave and um, we're going to see some precipitation here soon, unless you have hay on the ground. Thanks again for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed the last couple episodes. If you didn't listen to our last episode, it was with Dr. Marissa Silva from CDFA. Uh, we were talking about the antimicrobial use in stewardship program. So go check that out. Today we're joining Grace Woodmansey, who is the Livestock and Natural Resources Advisor for Siskiyou County. Uh, we're up at the Extension office. So thanks for joining me, Grace. Thanks for having me, Katie. We also have Maureen with us. Maureen joined our office as an Associate Director of Communications about two months ago. So we're all up here. Grace has been gracious enough to host us the last two days, which we'll get into talking about more about what we were doing up here. But just to kick things off, Grace, let's tell everyone a little bit about yourself um, if they haven't met you. First of all, it's been great to have you guys. I'm so glad you made the trip to Wairika. It's been really fun to kind of tour around and um, chat more with the producers here. So I'm thankful for you for making the trip. And my background in ag all started with 4-H. I'm not from a ranching family. Um, I grew up in Chico, but in town in Chico and got really interested in animal science production through my involvement raising market lambs in 4-H with my family. So those experiences inspired me to pursue my undergrad work at Chico State. So I worked on an animal science degree at Chico, uh, majored in animal science, got a minor in sociology, had some amazing hands-on experiences working at the Chico State Farm, specifically at the beef unit. And that's where I got really interested in applied ag research. Katie, you and I were just talking on the road about how going into an animal science program, it's difficult sometimes to understand all of the diversity of options you have ahead of you once you graduate with that degree. So I was a little unsure about where to go. I wasn't that great at chemistry, so I thought maybe vet wasn't the right fit for me. But fortunately, I crossed paths with Dr. Casey Diatley, and she introduced me to both rangeland management and applied production research. That led me to doing a cooperative extension internship in Tehama County with Josh Davey, and everything just kind of clicked together. My interest in production research in being involved with and supporting agriculture, in social science, and then in natural resource management. So I've been um, working on the range ever since and um, spent a little bit of time at the Ag Research Service in Cheyenne, Wyoming, doing range research projects on their cattle research station before coming back to work at the UC Rangelands Lab at UC Davis. And that's where I ended up doing my master's in agronomy and wrapped that up in December of 2020 and was really excited to move to Siskiyou in January 21 to start my dream career in extension. So it's been a huge learning curve, but I feel really lucky to have landed in such a supportive, engaged community. So it's it's been really fun the past year and a half year. Grace and I probably met a couple of years ago, but just watching you get to this point and now being a year and a half up here and confident and knowing producers, it's just been fun to spend a few days with you and see how connected you already are. Uh, with the community here and just getting to tour it kind of through your eyes. So thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, of course. Um, Grace is also a past scholarship winner of the California Cattlemen's Association 
If you didn't know, CCA gave out $63,000 last year in scholarships. It continues. It's impressive. It grows every year how much money we're giving out. And that application is open right now. So if you have a college student studying agriculture that you know of or is maybe part of your family, just a friend, those applications are due October 1st. And like I said, Grace was a past winner. So Grace understands the scholarship and knows how beneficial it can be to apply. Something else, just before we jump into it, sometimes we cover like one subject on these episodes. Sometimes we're hopping around. Today, we're going to hop around a little just hearing about updates from Siskiyou. But as we all know, Siskiyou's been hit hard this summer, unfortunately, with fires from the McKinney to the mill to the mountain. I don't know why they all start with M. They do. Yeah, that's (laughs) I don't know if that's an annual thing or if it just happens to be coincidence, but you're right. But let's get an update from you on that, Grace. I know something I've talked with Tracy Shore about is kind of how when she signed up to be an extension advisor, she never thought she'd be working on so much fire. And now she's the fire lady. Yep. It seems. So how have the fires been? Just maybe a quick update on have you used the Ag Pass program? What's the situation been like up here for producers? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I'm I've been super thankful to have Tracy as a friend and a colleague because she is the fire lady and she knows so much about how to navigate um, implementing and developing a livestock pass program. So I also wasn't expecting fire to be as big of a part of my job as an advisor as it is. I think even when I got started being interested in extension, the model of how we do our work and what how we need to serve our communities looked very, very different than it does today with a lot of the natural disasters that we're seeing, fire being a huge one for sure. We did get our livestock pass program for Siskiyou County approved by our board of supervisors in April of this year. And that was a huge effort across the board from many different agency groups. Our ag department, um, our ag commissioner was a huge supporter. And of course, CAL FIRE, our Office of Emergency Services. Um, And then I was very excited to have um, the Forest Service and and the Klamath National Forest participate formally in our program because we do have so many permittees that are out on Forest Service range during the summer. Yeah, that's huge. We were really excited about that. Of course, we've gotten to put our program to the test. So we did our training in May. Uh, We had about 55 individuals representing 30 or so ranches in Siskiyou attend the first training, which was great. And then the McKinney fire hit. And, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about how it's interesting. Once the McKinney fire hit, I think we realized how much of the value of the PASS program is just in the communication network that's set up through the Livestock PASS program. So that I think was the heaviest lift for me as an advisor and coordinator of the program during the McKinney was just making sure that people were getting factual information from agency representatives that were concerned that they might have cows in the path of the fire or might need to use their pass. So we did test our program officially during the McKinney. We had one person use their pass to check on cattle, but I spent a week in the emergency operations center just focused on communicating information to pass holders and then also explaining what our program is to those who didn't have a pass who were still looking to gain access. So with the mill fire, little different structure there for sure. Um, We used the pass three different times, but there was less of a, a lift on the communication side and more just coordination to get people into where they needed to be and make sure all the agencies understood where those ranchers were going, that we had approval, that safety was kind of top of mind for everyone, of course. So 
really different fires. I've learned a lot this summer and everything I've learned definitely makes me thankful for the partnerships that we have with the Forest Service and CAL FIRE and our Office of Emergency Services. Like, I don't know how we would do this without all of those agencies being involved and supported. So again, it makes me really thankful that those folks saw the value in the program. And I really hope we don't have to use it again this year, for sure. But it sounds like great timing to have people trained earlier this spring. And unfortunately, you were ready. I mean, fortunately, you were ready. Unfortunately, you had to be ready. But and I think we already are talking about doing multiple trainings next year because we have a lot of people that do want to participate still. So I think we'll end up doing trainings in multiple parts of the county just so we can capture the folks on the east side, on the west side to try to get more people as looped in and prepared as possible. But it's it definitely depends on the partnerships for sure. Good to hear that you have good partnerships and that it sounds like all three of the fires have kind of been a little bit contained or on their way out. Yeah, I think we're heading toward full containment with all of them, which is great and super happy to have under triple digit <laughs> temps right now. So hopefully we make it through the rest of the year safe. Yeah, I know we were out with uh, some ranchers yesterday and they're even saying there's a little bit of rain in the forecast. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> so that's good for most unless you have hay down. Thanks for that update there, Grace. So I mentioned that Maureen and I came up to Siskiyou County we were in Fort Jones. We did a whole tour of Scott Valley. And the reason that we came up here was kind of connected to the Siskiyou County Cattlemen's 22 annual tour. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you that don't know, Siskiyou does an annual tour where they go visit different stops throughout the county, I guess. After this year's tour, which was focused on direct-to-consumer ranching operations, we decided there's a lot of stories up here on direct-to-consumer that would be good to cover. So those will be coming in the California Cattlemen magazine. But Grace helped us with setting those up because she was such a huge part of that annual tour. Can we talk a little bit about what goes into planning that tour, how you pick the topic, the spots, uh, what this year's was? The annual tour in Siskiyou County is really neat. It's a longstanding tradition. And because we have these three individual valleys in Siskiyou that are unique for so many reasons, uh, the tour rotates every year between each valley. So um, this year we were in Scott. Next year we'll be all the way over in Butte Valley. Then the following year we'll rotate back into Shasta and continue on like that, um, which is a cool opportunity because not everyone from Scott Valley has the opportunity to get over to Butte Valley all the time and vice versa. So it's a really cool way for ranchers within our own county to network and see what's happening on, on ranches in other valleys. So this was my second year planning the tour, and it's a real collaborative effort between the Siskiyou County Commons Association Board and Cooperative Extension, which was great to have that set up as a new advisor because it is a, a really cool way to get to know people in the community, get to meet new ranchers, meet other folks that are involved in the ag industry in Siskiyou. So because we were rotating into Scott Valley this year, we were trying to brainstorm some different topics that might really highlight what they have going on over there that's new and innovative. And I had just received grant funding for a new project that was focusing on direct-to-consumer ranching operations. We happen to have a lot of those folks that are doing direct-to-consumer over in Scott, so it just kind of dovetailed nicely into the tour topic. And was really, really thankful to work with some awesome tour hosts. So we had um, Star Walker Organic Farms with Jason and Christina Walker, um, Hannah Brothers and Crown H Cattle with Regina and Judd Hanna, and then Jenner Family Beef with their whole crew. But I was working really closely with, with Christy Bartnick. 
And they really, they were great collaborators. It was so nice to be able to work with them to plan the whole program. They're just really, really vibrant families and they've got a lot of energy and a great story to tell. So it was fun to kind of try to shake things up a little bit and try out some new stuff that maybe hadn't been a part of the tour before. So we focused on the traditional ranch tour format with which folks really love in the community, which I, I do too. It's great to be able to visit three different ranches and learn more about what they're doing. So we worked to kind of stick with that traditional format, but um, really our host took that and ran with it and really created a great program at each one of their stops for all of the attendees to, to go through. So they had, you know, for example, the walkers set up lots of different stations that people could rotate through to learn more about the history of the operation, uh, their marketing strategy, how, you know, the breed of cattle that they use. They work with Highland cattle. The Hannahs had a, a Belty that was there to kind of part of their tour stop, too. And then the Jenners were actually celebrating almost 150 years in operation right during our tour. So they pulled out tons of artifacts from their barns and had um, an amazing timeline showing the history of the ranch and some of the other enterprises they've tried as a family and then talked about how they've kind of ended up on the direct marketing side of things today because of all of those experiences. So it was great to work with all of those people, but I think my favorite part of the tour this year was our panel discussion that focused on the economics of direct-to-consumer operations and really tried to highlight the, the importance of business planning. So we wanted to make sure each one of these tour stops really focused on the story of the ranch, their history, their goals, their day-to-day. -day. So they walked us through all of that great information. We didn't want to lose sight of the fact that by no means is going direct to consumer a one-size-fits-all or a silver bullet for problems that arise on ranches. So it's really hard work. Um, I think you both heard from our tour hosts how much um, problem-solving and troubleshooting takes place. Um, so we definitely wanted to acknowledge how important it is to have a really solid economic plan going into this decision. And our tour hosts offered some amazing advice and wisdom about how they've approached the business planning side of things. And um, it was just really neat to hear their perspective as people that have gone through the experience. Yeah, all those hosts were gracious enough to meet with us again, even though they just did the host. So yesterday we went to all three um, and got to sit down. And a lot of those conversations surrounded around problem solving and just being really honest that a lot of the decisions they've made, they've had to find out the hard way whether that be buying the wrong type of liners for shipping or so many different things that you wouldn't think of um, unless you're already involved in it. Thank you to all the three families that met with us yesterday. It was just insightful for us. I think one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this is in 2020, there was a huge question mark. Obviously, we all remember going to the grocery store and seeing shortages and just the word shortage got people thinking, how am I going to get food if there's none at the grocery stores? We kind of started talking about this in 2020 about are people going to go back to direct to consumer? Is that going to be a trend that we see? We kind of touched back on it in 2021 and the 2020 boom had kind of dropped a little bit. Um, so obviously now we're in 2022 and there's still questions to be had about direct consumer or direct to consumer marketing. So Scott Valley, we did meet with three families, but they're not the only ones doing it. Mm -hmm. um, Scott Valley seems to have it figured out in a way that I don't think every valley or every spot in California does. So it was great for us to come up and just hear more about what they're doing. 
On top of that, you mentioned you do have a new grant working on something that aligns with this. So can we hear a little bit about that? It's kind of interesting the way the opportunity to start this project arose. Basically, as a new advisor, I was getting a lot of questions from people um, kind of about the direct-to-consumer side of things, but all over the spectrum. So people calling, just asking about or wanting to clarify USDA regulations for sure, selling yeah. a share to their neighbor, all the way to starting a business plan as someone who's brand new to Siskiyou County and wants to go into farming and ranching. So very different types of questions. Yeah. And I was super thankful to have the extension network to kind of assist in answering some of those questions. So my colleagues were super helpful for sure. One colleague in particular, Vince Trotter, who works as an agricultural ombudsman for Cooperative Extension in Marin County, has a lot of experience helping to support director consumer operations or smaller operations, and particularly helping ranchers navigate through regulatory challenges. So um, he has a lot of great insight into the business planning side, the regulatory side of, of kind of that these operations have to keep in mind. So I was pestering Vince uh, probably at least three times a month with questions that were coming in from Siskiyou folks. He was was great in that he kind of realized that there seemed to be an extension need in Siskiyou to answer some of those questions and connected me with some of his colleagues at the UC Davis Food Systems Lab, which works on um, a lot of a lot of meat supply chain issues and direct-to-consumer. They work on developing new ways to support direct-to-consumer ranching operations and supporting a sustainable regional meat supply chain as well. Once I got in touch with that group, we heard of this funding opportunity and kind of decided that we needed more information about the unique needs of Siskiyou County ranchers. And we have some regional challenges being totally surrounded by mountains and in such a rural area for those that are looking to go into this type of marketing. So we had more questions than we had answers. And I feel like that's kind of the beginning of any research proposals. Um, we decided to essentially um, try to conduct a little bit of a needs assessment at three distinct kind of segments of that regional meat supply chain. So we want to interview direct-to-consumer ranching operations to talk to them about what has worked, what hasn't worked, what resources they wish they had, what's been a great resource, and not just talk to people that are currently involved in a direct-to-consumer business or enterprise, but those that have also gotten out of the business and why they decided to leave. So that's interviewing ranchers. We definitely want to talk to processors within the region and, you know, kind of interesting timing too, that right when we got this proposal, Nexus Beef arrived in Siskiyou as well. So they're going to be a really important part of this conversation for sure. But we want to be talking to processors about their specific needs and then we definitely want to be addressing distribution as well. So interviewing people that are involved on the distribution side, whether that's individual ranchers that are shipping direct or some of the other folks in the county that have taken on more of that role. So um, we want to do that kind of needs assessment and see where we're at in Siskiyou and where we could potentially take some next steps, either on the research side or just in, in getting more resources here for the, for the folks that need them. My colleague... Morgan Doran, who works along the I-80 corridor, has been working on these types of direct-to-consumer issues for a while. His clientele group got really interested in this, I think even 10 years ago um, was when he started some of his programming. So Morgan's going to repeat the interviews that we do in Siskiyou's with his clientele along the I-80 corridor to see 
what differences exist, if any, even just within our small Northern California region because of market accessibility or operation structure, all sorts of variables that could highlight how regional this really is. The other thing that was really a priority for myself and the Food Systems Lab was to also collect some baseline data about where things are at with direct-to-consumer and with the regional meat supply chain in this area before we start to see the effects of a lot of the federal grant funding that's been invested take place. So we want to just kind of see where things are at now so that maybe 10 years down the line, we can look back and see how things have changed and understand the system hopefully a little better because of that. Those are probably questions families have had on their own. Like, How do we just, can we just sell a half of beef to someone? How do we do this? So I'm excited to hear about that research and we'll be excited to hear how it goes. Yeah, um, you something guys will have to come back. <laughs> it sounds like we will be coming back. We covered Scott Valley. Sounds yes. like we need to get to Shasta Valley and to Butte Valley. So we'll be back for sure. Something that we've kind of talked about, and it sounds like it's connected to your research just from meeting with the producers yesterday. And you mentioned it earlier is there's no really one size fits all for direct to consumer marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's unique needs. There's regional needs. There's challenges that exist even in the same valley, even yeah. within, I think we were on the east side of Scott Valley. We weren't going that far from ranch to ranch, but each operation had a different challenge or a different something that they brought up to us, which I think is kind of what makes this overwhelming. With all of that diversity comes a lot of opportunity, but also comes a lot of challenges. So I was still relatively new to the county when Bell Campbell closed, but the community was really concerned about how that need would be filled just because we have so many people that really need to get cattle processed and shipping down to the Central Valley is challenging or shipping up to Oregon is challenging. So I think now that Nexus is here and getting established, people are really excited to have the opportunity to work with a local business that's that's close, but also understands their needs as Siskiyou County producers because they're based in Siskiyou County. So it's great to have them here and I'm looking forward to, to working with them. We actually were fortunate to meet with Keith from Nexus this morning. Anyone probably listening to this podcast knows how important packing plants are and having regional locations are. So we wanted to talk with them about what their plans are. And yeah, we got to sit down this morning and talk about that. So that will also be coming to the magazine. um, Just an update on what's going on at the Nexus plant and um, their plans and vision. So lots going on in Siskiyou County. That was obviously a quick run at a few different topics. Again, I really want to thank you, Grace, just for setting this all up for us and all the work that you're doing up here on behalf of producers. Of course, I'm I'm really thankful that you guys were willing to make the trip up here and that Billy was able to come up and, and attend our tour. That was great. Definitely still learning a lot and trying to figure out what's next in Siskiyou for sure. But it's it's a really exciting place. I think there are a lot of great ranchers here that have some really innovative ideas. I'm excited to be here and hopefully you guys can come back and we can visit the rest of the valleys. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. I will say um, thank you again to Star Walker Organic Farms, Crown Age Cattle Company, and Jenner Family Beef that all met with us yesterday. We'll be sure to link them all in the podcast description. So if you're interested in what they're doing and the direct consumer uh, trend kind of going on in Scotts Valley, um, in addition to reading our magazine articles, you can hopefully read up on their pages as well and learn more about their operations and the cool things they're doing. 
that's it for this episode of Sorting Pin. We'll be back in two weeks and we're going to have our legislative recap of the session. So our vice president of government affairs, Kirk Wilbur, will sit down with me and we're going to talk bill by bill. I mean, at least in interesting ones about what happened this year in the legislative session. Talk about the two CCA sponsor bills that did get signed by the governor and then some of the other wins of this session. So look for that in two weeks. And in the meantime, uh, stay safe and we'll talk to you soon.